program comes from a savvy, sophisticated, and intellectual point of view. Wait a second, who the hell wrote this sh**? Let's just put it this way. The studio is cluttered, hotter than hell, and the host? Well, he's got a lot of psychological issues, probably. Still, it's sadly one of the best talk shows available. This is Michael Groff in Exile. What's going on? I'm I'm here. It's all good. I'm just I'm uh I'm knocking things over. It's I'm all out of sorts. I think today is a perfect day for a best of show, don't you? Well, that's what it says here on the schedule. And since I do make the schedule, and I suppose I'll follow it. I mean, I never do. I've I've never been one to follow a schedule. That's why these podcasts, instead of being an hour long, they're always like uh, two, three hours. And of course, they're so regularly produced. I know, I'm I'm terrible. But we're trying here, all right? Anyway, it is a best of the Michael Groff Show. Great moments, classic bits, awesome stuff from Michael Groff Show's past. Stuff that you may have never heard before. Stuff that, quite frankly, I've never heard before. I don't really remember doing this. Was, was I in another dimension? Is this just pulled out from an alternate universe? Who knows? But you're about to find out. All right, but first, if you have a comment, question, suggestion, or just uh, general thoughts on the program, you'd like to send them in, mike at kmgx.com. That is our email address. It is mike at kmgx.com. That's also our PayPal address. If you want to donate to this program, if you just love it so much, you just you have to give us some money. Or if you just would love it to go away, I- I'm willing to take donations for that, too. Also, we're on AOL Instant Messenger, the screen name, Michael Groff Show. And uh, you can also find us at michaelgroff.com for all of our other Michael Groff kind of needs. Uh, We have our chat channel over there. We have other contact information. And, of course, everything I just mentioned. So, really, all I would have to do is just say michaelgroff.com and just speed all of this up, right? All right, on this edition of the Best of the Michael Groff Show, we really delve deep into the past for some of this material. Ken Jennings, you might remember him as the software geek from Salt Lake City that won 74 straight games of Jeopardy, took home over $2.5 million, and then after he won, he turned around and unceremoniously bashed Jeopardy, the show that gave him all his money in the first place. Well, it wasn't really bashing. It was kind of constructive, edgy sort of criticism of the show and the fact that maybe it's getting just a little bit stale. Well, I mean, it's okay for him to win two and a half million dollars, but after that, he wanted some wholesale changes done to the show. And of course, we uncover one of the greatest inventions of the 21st century so far, and that is the $2,500 car. Yes, India. And I believe it was called Tata Industries or something like that. Made the $2,500 car available across India. And, uh, well, uh, we thought that maybe there were just a few logistical issues with that. You can imagine what the problems with a $2,500 car that supposedly seats four people comfortably. Of course, those would be four people that are about four feet tall. A guy like me, it'd probably be like a roller skate to me. So we delve into that, along with a great story about an eighth grade boy receiving oral sex from his teacher. Another fine moment in public school history. 
The weird thing about this story was the eighth grader ratted out his teacher. I don't get that. You're in eighth grade. The hormones are raging. What are you, 13, 14 years old? And and you're going to rat out your teacher? That just didn't make any sense to me at all. Well, uh, until I saw the picture of the teacher, that is. Ooh, boy. All right, and fans of the Insane Clown Posse, if you're out of prison right now, you might be able to enjoy this story. Flashback, reminisce to those days when all five of you uh, used to adorn yourselves in Insane Clown Posse makeup, put on your hoods, covered your faces, and went out and viciously assaulted people. Well, that's what some fans of the Insane Clown Posse did several years ago in the name of the band or at least allegedly in the name of the band. And, uh, well, there was a lot of fallout from that. The Insane Clown Posse, I remember them. They used to give really great interviews. They were actually, um, I don't know, kind of cool. I remember Shaggy 2 Dope and uh, and Violent J. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just thought that anybody that would put on clown makeup and release angry rap albums, I thought those were perfectly normal, stable people. I couldn't imagine that their fans would ever go out and do something stupid. That just doesn't make any sense to me at all. And speaking of stupid people doing stupid things, a trend that caught on shortly after the advent of the camera phone. Yeah, people just all of a sudden got cell phones with cameras and they just didn't know what to do with them. So teenagers figured, hey, I think it'd be a great idea to go out and just start randomly assaulting people. This was, of course, a trend that started in the UK called happy slapping. You'd uh, video record yourselves beating up innocent people passers-by, people getting money out of the ATM, somebody talking on a phone someplace, anything you could do uh, just for a laugh and then post it on the internet. Well, luckily, if you're dumb enough to videotape yourself committing a crime and then posting it on the internet, fortunately, it makes the detective work for the police much easier, even for the British police, not necessarily known for their effectiveness. A few other highlights that we flash back to. Disgraced prosecutor Mike Nifong and somebody that came out of the closet several years ago that was so incredibly shocking, I was left completely speechless on the air. Well, maybe not. Also, have you ever met a mother who thought that their baby's crap didn't stink? I mean, really, there are people like that. And since there are people like that, leave it to science to actually do a study about just that. Yes, there is research. I don't know where the money came from. I don't know who does this kind of research. I don't know who participates in it. But there was actually a scientific study on on mothers who believed their baby's crap didn't stink. Not making that up. We flash back to that as well. Also, whenever we do the show, we have to include a story about a family that lives in squalor with multiple animals. And when I say multiple, I mean somewhere in the vicinity of 15 or 20 living in one house with uh, feces piled up from floor to ceiling in the DCF. The feds have to come in and take the children away and it becomes a whole hassle. Not to mention the veritable cornucopia of other stories that we routinely have in the show. But first up, it wouldn't be a best of edition of the Michael Groff Show if we didn't have a story about people seeing aliens. Yes, I know. It's just like Coast to Coast AM. We have a story like this, and guess where it comes from? Yeah, that's right, Texas. Some people in a small town in Texas claim they saw UFOs. And the weird part about this story is that these objects were like half a mile wide. 
And nobody thought to record any of this. Nobody ever thinks, I'm just going to run and get my camera. The ubiquitous nature of cameras in our culture today. And nobody thinks, hey, I'm going to pull out my either my cell phone, my Verizon phone, my, my little Samsung or my iPhone or whatever, and I'm going to record this. Or nobody thinks to go get their, their camera. Somehow, these never get captured on video, and yet people supposedly see them. I don't know. Seems kind of weird. How do these aliens just keep avoiding being recorded if they exist? <sighs> it's one of those conundrums. It's first up right here on the best of the Michael Groff Show. This uh, from Stephenville, Texas, where AP Video in a farming community, Stephenville, Texas. AP Video residents are abuzz over reported sightings of what many believe is a UFO. Several dozen people, including a pilot, county constable, and business owners, insist that they've seen a large, silent objects with bright lights flying low and fast. Now, some reported seeing fighter jets chasing it. Quote, People wonder what in the world it is because this uh, because this is, after all, the Bible Belt. And everyone is afraid it's the end of time, said Steve Allen, a freight company owner and pilot who said that the object he saw uh, this past week was a mile long and a half mile wide. It was positively absolutely nothing from these... Let, let, let me let me read this properly because uh, I don't think I'm giving this guy proper inflection here based on the, exactly what he says here. Excuse me. <clears throat> he says, quote, quote, it was positively absolutely nothing from these parts. While federal officials insist there's a logical explanation, locals swear that it was a larger, quieter, faster, and lower to the ground than an airplane. Yeah, generally, airplanes are not half a mile wide. I mean, maybe one of those uh, Virgin Air flights. I mean, one of the, those things are massive. But they also said that the object's lights changed configuration, unlike those of a plane. People in several towns who reported seeing it over several weeks were offered similar descriptions of the objects. Uh, let's see. Machinist Ricky Sorrells said friends made fun of him when he told when he told them he saw a flat metallic object hovering about 300 feet over a pasture behind the uh, behind his home a flat metallic object was Paris Hilton anywhere nearby Let's see what else we got here quote you hear about <laughs> you hear about Big Bash or Big Buck in the area, but this is a different deal, Sorrels said. Quote, it feels good to hear that other people saw something because that means I'm not crazy. Hey, I'm not crazy. Nice. Sorrels said that he has been the, uh, that he's seen the object several times. I've done seen it several times. He said that he watched it through his rifle's telescope lens and described it as a very large, uh, as very large and without seams, nuts, or bolts. I watched it through my rifle. I was done going to shoot at it. Hey. 
I'm going to try to bring it down and take a look at it from myself. I wanted to do some reverse engineering on their technology. Well, that's what they say. They say they saw a UFO in Stephenville, Texas. So I'm sure that the UFO nuts and uh, Coast to Coast AM will probably be doing several uh, live broadcasts from there this week. Uh, and as a matter of fa- as a matter of fact, I can almost assure you that I, I can hear the opening of of Coast to Coast AM for tonight. Now, I mean, this is too much. From the city of Moonshine, this is Coast to Coast AM. <laughs> That's right. We're here live in Stephenville, Texas. We're chasing after a, a mile wide or a half mile wide object. We believe somebody put a, a, uh, a jet engine in Paris Hilton's vibrator. Just to throw everybody off. Can you imagine? I done. I swear to you, I done saw this damn. It, it, it was. It's crazy. I didn't see no nuts nor bolts. All right. So, so tell me what you saw. Oh, that's right, George. I done. I, I tell you what, I done saw it. It was. Uh, it was. It was clean as day. I, I, I saw it through my done telescope rifle. Whatever, dude. I wonder if that's a dry county that uh, where Stephen <laughs> Stephenville, Texas. I. I wonder if. I, I highly doubt it is. Well, we was up drinking and taking hallucinogens all night and eating pot brownies, and well, we done saw something. Don't know what it was. Anyway, speaking of uh, UFOs or things in the sky, then we got this story. Senior British police uh, officials are talking with the FBI about an international database to hunt for major criminals and terrorists. Uh, You can see where this is going. The U.S.-initiated program called Server in the Sky. Going up to the server in the sky. Yeah, I can see this now. Would uh, take cooperation between the police forces way beyond the current uh, faxing and uh, 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 fingerprints across the Atlantic. Indeed, they want to have a major network between the United States, the U.K., Australia, Canada, and New Zealand. Yes, they are forming a working group. International Information Consortium, and they want to have a um, they want to have this big thing: biometric measurements, irises, palm prints, as well as fingerprints. They want to keep all this data tabbed on people. Uh, of course, strictly for the purposes of hunting down terrorists. This this could not have any possible nefarious uses whatsoever. Oh no, I don't think a, the government could ever possibly misuse something like this, could they? Not our government. No, it would never happen. They'd never misuse something like this. They'd never abuse their power, would they? I mean, would the government ever possibly try to... Let me just give you like a, a, a completely made-up example. Something that would never happen. 
Like, could you imagine if the government spied on like a million different uh, telephone calls and transmissions uh, from people within the United States? That would never happen, right? Oh, wait, wait, wait. What's that? It did? It did happen? Oh. So you're, you're saying that the government might actually abuse their... Oh, well, in my face. Now, of course, they're saying the plan will make groups uh, anxious to safeguard personal privacies, uh, privacy questions, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, uh, you think? Ident 1 was built by the computer technology arm of the United States Defense Company. What's this? North Northrop Grumman. In the future, it is expected to hold palm prints, facial images, and video sequences. A company spokeswoman confirmed that Northrop Grumman uh, has spoken to the FBI about server in the sky. Quote, it can run independently, but if existing systems are connected up to it, then the intelligence agencies would have to approve. You know what? Uh, This is not something I'm real wild about. And listen, I'm not one of these conspiracy theorists or I'm not uh, one of these alarmists. But um, this is, uh, I realize we're fighting terrorism here. But just given the opportunity for government to abuse something like this, on just based on initial reaction, just based on surface reaction, if you will, my gut reaction is I'm a little bit nervous about the government having something so powerful, such a tool. Mike Nifong is back on the news. You might remember who Mike Nifong is. He is the prosecutor that went after those students in the Duke lacrosse case. Remember those students that he accused of raping that stripper, that whore? Well, uh, he uh, he apparently, well, aside from the fact that he goofed up big time and the fact that he tried to put innocent people behind bars, uh, the guy uh, was totally disgraced by that. He He just recklessly pursued innocent people and uh, try to throw them in jail their their names are even though they are exonerated of all charges their names are forever going to be connected with that case and some people and this is how it always works even if you're exonerated of all charges there are always going to be some people that think well you know i just they i think they did it and they just didn't have enough evidence you know there's going to be people like that so this mike nifong gets everything that he deserves and uh, wouldn't you look the disgraced and disbarred Mike Nifong is now bankrupt. Oh, I'm so sorry. But we have some nice parting gifts for you, Mikey. The former North Carolina prosecutor whose career imploded with his botched handling of the Duke University rape case uh, today filed for bankruptcy listing liabilities. Get this. Check this noise. Listing liabilities in excess of $180 million. <laughs> A summary schedule from Nifong's Chapter 7 petition can be found on the smokinggun.com. Almost all of them. Uh, Almost all of that sum uh, represents legal claims filed against the former Durham County District Attorney by members of the Duke's uh, 2006 lacrosse team, including the three players who were accused of raping a stripper at a team party. Included among Nifong's assets are a 2003 Honda Accord, about $9,000 in personal property, and his $235,000 home. He lists nearly $5,000 in monthly pension of retirement income and describes himself 
charitably as retired. Oh, the poor guy. The poor guy is, uh, he's, he's now bankrupt. And those kids, anything that this guy has, they're going to get that Honda Accord. They're going to get that house. And they're going to get everything else. The guy has $180 million in debt, mainly, uh, again, due to judgments against him and whatnot. God, I, I feel so bad for you, Mike. I really, really, really do. No, I, I do. Feel terrible for you. Lightning's about to strike. I don't want <laughs> Dear Lord, I feel terrible for Mike Nifong. Yeah. No, really, I, I do. Okay, nobody's buying it. Nobody. Not not God. Not the audience. Not even me. <laughs> what a what a douche. I mean, this guy really is. But you know, uh, that's fine. He's going to have plenty of time to think about it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I take a lot of delight in somebody that tried to screw over innocent people. A prosecutor who tried to screw over innocent people. And you know me, I, I, I generally take the side of prosecution. Okay. I really do. I'm, I am, uh, I'm all about DAs. I'm all about, uh, prosecutors. I'm all about it. But you just have to be careful. If you're going to prosecute a case, you have to make sure that the people you're going after have actually did it. And, um, in this case, you can't necessarily take the word of a stripper. Let me repeat the word of a stripper as gospel. Oh, yeah, you know, I was raped. Yeah, but how many times did you have sex that night, you know, that was consensual? Oh, like 10. <laughs> but but the 11th time, yeah, like that was probably rape, too. Like, totally, dude. <laughs> it's the best of the Michael Groff Show. this school teacher when I was a kid. A Virginia middle school teacher has been accused of having oral sex with one of her 13-year-old students. Melissa Michelle Deal, 32, of 825 Taylor Street, Bristol, Tennessee, was charged with felony carnal knowledge and taking indecent liberties with the boy. I love how they publish her name. I love how I know everything about her now. Her name is Melissa Michelle Deal. She lives at 829 Taylor Street in Bristol, Tennessee. <laughs> Man, you're accused of a crime. She Was she even convicted? We now know where she lives. Just run a voice guy. Please, uh, please send my business card over there. I'd like to uh, meet this woman. Anyway, Deal, who has been suspended, taught eighth grade ancient world history and contemporary world issues. Yeah, I'll bet. The boy, accompanied by his parents, went to the city police department two days before Christmas and told investigators the incident occurred sometime in December. Why would this kid do that? Kid, you're getting free oral. Why would you go and say, uh, um, mom, 
Uh, yes, dear. Um, I I just want to say, uh, you know, I, I learned a lot in school today. Yeah? Yeah, I, I learned a lot about anatomy. That's good, dear. Yeah, the teacher gave me a, a Hummer right there. Why would you go and ruin that? The boy said Deal parked her car in the street at his home. He got into her car and she performed oral sex on him, according to police records. The boy told police he developed a close relationship with his teacher uh, this past month and that they had been calling and emailing each other. Deal's phone has been disconnected and a real estate agent sign placed in front of her home. No one was home on Tuesday. Her attorney, David Harmon, could not be reached for comment. No other students have come forward and city police detective, uh, this according to city police detective Keith Anderson. Quote, there's always a possibility of more allegations, he said. It's always possible. Um, the more access they have to children at this point, we have no information that such is the case. Virginia Middle School's uh, carpool line buzzed with talk about the uh, accusations. It's a concern, said Kathy Allison, who is a seventh, who has a seventh grade daughter. Quote, I hope it is an isolated case. The whole thing has just been ruined for me. Never mind. You know what? Delete the whole take about me wishing that this teacher was uh, my teacher when I was in eighth grade. You know why? I just saw her picture. Ugh, man. If I got oral sex from that, I might want to tell my parents, my psychologist, uh, the police, anybody who would listen. That is a disgustingly horrid-looking woman. I mean, I understand when you're in eighth grade, you're awfully desperate to get laid. You're awfully desperate for uh, for some sex. But that right there, that is sick. Never mind. I, I take it all back about wanting uh, sex from that woman. Uh, you know what? Disgruntled voice guy? Uh, please, don't send her my business card. Uh, we also have this story. The $2,500 car has been introduced. It is three meters long, seats four comfortably, or five if you try to squeeze in. You know, for a minute, I thought they were talking about Paris Hilton. Anyway, uh, it says it does 65 miles an hour and uh, aims to revolutionize travel for millions. The people's car, as it's called. It's the cheapest car in the world. Costing 100,000 rupees, $1,300 euro, or about $2,500 here in the States. The same price as the DVD player in a Lexus. The Nano from Tata, the Indian conglomerate bidding for Jaguar and Land Rover, was unveiled at the, where is this? The Delhi Auto Expo yesterday. To music from 2001, A Space Odyssey. Oh, boy, I bet that was very compelling. That's very cliche. The company chairman harked back to the first flight of the Wright Brothers and the moon landing as he revealed the cute, snub-nosed hatchback that will allow millions of uh, India's emerging middle classes to buy a car for the first time. You know, the best line about a car like that comes from the show Frasier. Now, I, I didn't watch Frasier all that much, but I remember the line from Frasier about this is uh, hatchback, named for its ugliest feature. So true, man. Quote, I hope this changes the way people travel in rural India. We are a country of a billion. 
and most are denied connectivity. This is a car that is affordable and provides uh, all-weather transport for the family. The aluminum shell contains a rear-mounted 33-BHP two-cylinder petrol engine and weighs about half a ton. The standard version comes with the vital features, brakes, a four-gear manual transmission, seat belts, locking, wind-down windows, and a steering wheel. A small boot could store a uh, duffel bag. It lacks a passenger side mirror. It has one wi- uh, windshield wiper. Now, the deluxe version will have air conditioning, while extras such as a radio and an airbag could be added. Car is the culmination of five years' research and input from across the world, including Italy and Germany. A team of 500 engineers worked on the car to be produced at a plant in West Bengal. Uh, whatever, who cares? It's it's a it's a car that costs twenty five hundred dollars and it's it's ugly as can be. Who cares, man? Who cares about all the pomp and circumstances? Would you ever be? This is a this is a coffin. This is a coffin that can travel sixty five miles an hour. If you even hit so much as a squirrel in this thing, you are going to die. If there's ever like a seventy eight car pileup, I was reading about a, a massive car pileup the other day in fog. And uh, I, I, all I could think about was now th- this car being involved in, in India in like a 78-car pileup. Can you imagine if there's like fog or something and they have a, a, a multi-car pileup involving these things? 750 people were killed in a 40-car pileup today in India. In other news, this little crap car ran into a squirrel, all four people inside the car were instantly killed. The squirrel is reported to be doing fine. The car ran into a piece of paper and was totaled. I don't think this car is really all that durable. I don't think it's going to be able to... uh, Yeah, imagine hitting a deer in this car. This thing is even more dangerous than a motorcycle because you are surrounded by... This is like dry... This is a tin can. This is literally... A Diet Coke can that can travel 65 miles an hour. You could probably literally take your hands and bend the metal on this thing from the looks of it. It does not look the least bit durable. And for $2,500, I can't imagine. Now, 500 engineers supposedly worked on this car, but I cannot imagine that its safety features include uh, passenger side airbags, an OnStar system and uh, and other you know safety features, crumple zones. <laughs> the whole car is a crumple zone. <laughs> this car, this is this is maybe the most dangerous car ever. Hey, I just paid twenty five hundred dollars for this. Now let's all. I want to get buried in this car. Okay. Yeah, Matt says that maybe it's Tata because you can kiss your Tata goodbye in a wreck. <laughs> Yeah, ta-ta! My $2,500 car doesn't have air conditioning or a radio, but at least if I get in a wreck with a gopher, or if I hit small rodents, like if I run over a rat, at least I'll be instantly killed. I won't feel anything. Zero to 60 in 5.3 minutes. It's the new ta-ta! I mean, you realize you could probably buy yourself some nice roller skates. Just go out and buy like $2,500 worth of soda, like in cans. Empty it out, put some wheels on it, and that's what you got with this car. Oh, and glass. 
Yeah, because that's the other thing, too. You really want glass on this rolling death box. That doesn't seem like a very practical idea to me. Can you imagine, like, if two, if these, if two of these cars, like, had a head-on collision? They'd probably form some kind of, uh, well, yeah, they'd probably just mesh into one, basically. It would just form, like, a, a little cube. The, this is an ugly-ass car, too. Again, from this picture, it might not look so bad. And, I mean, it's cool. I, I understand. I mean, people are going to email me and go, you understand that, you know, people in India are very poor. Yeah, because uh, we've outsourced all our jobs to India, and we've decided to pay them a whopping $3 a day to answer your calls uh, for tech support. So, yes, I understand. People in India are very poor, and they need an affordable car. This is like two years' work for people in India, this car. Maybe more. Maybe more like 10 years' work. So I understand that they need transportation and such, but I don't know. I'd probably just uh, jump on a cow or jump on a... A horse or walk or perhaps a motorcycle or a scooter or um, roller skates or I don't know. Maybe I'd just fling myself off a building if I really had a death wish this bad to get in this car. I probably would not even fit in this car. I don't have the numbers on how tall the average Indian person is. And I mean India Indian. I don't have the numbers on how tall the average Indian is, but I'd have to guess that they're taller than your average, you know, Chinese person or Korean. And therefore, I, I can't imagine that it's a very comfortable fit in this little car. I know I would not fit in this. I, I tried. I remember getting into a Geometro. My mom wrecked a, a car once. Not wrecked a car, but it had an accident or something. And, and um, so... This was back when, uh, I don't know, she was just looking for a car for a couple of days, you know. So she got a, I, I think it was a Geo Metro or one of these little economy cars. It was just a small little car. And I remember trying to fit into it. And I said, oh, my God, if we get in a wreck in this thing, they're going to need the jaws of life. In fact, I'll just pop right out of this car. The car will be just sort of, will, will by virtue of physics, will just basically squeeze me out like a tube of toothpaste. I'll just go right out of this car. <laughs> I mean, just like that. So, and I remember trying to fit into that car and it was so uncomfortable. My knees were basically up by, by my face. I was squashed in this car. I had the seat all, oh, my mom was like, oh, do you know, put the seat back, dear. Uh, yeah, the seat's all the way back. My knees are in the glove box. And this glove box, the, the glove box could conveniently fit a credit card, maybe. But it would have to be a, a credit card where the, the, Numbers weren't too raised on it. And this thing is so low to the ground. You're basically underground while driving. It's almost like you're in bed. You're, you're, you're like squished in this little tiny box of a car. It is. It's a clown car. So I can only imagine that this car is pretty much the same thing. But, you know, hey, for $2,500. This reminds me a lot, actually. And I'm being serious. This reminds me of the Yugo. What was the slogan for the Yugo? The Yugo, the little car that does big things or the little coffin on wheels or whatever the hell it was. And I remember when the Yugo was out in the in the mid-80s, I remember as a kid seeing the ad for the Yugo, and it was a $3,800 car. $3,800 for a car in 1984 or 85, where most cars at that time were eight dollars $9,000 or more. This car was... 3800 bucks, And now I'm thinking of a car that's assembled, that's made in India. It's $2,500. I don't know. Maybe I'm just belaboring this point too much. 
Yeah, you go your way, I'll go mine. More like, you go get another car. Exactly. You go straight to hell for driving this car. Or you go straight to the funeral home. Straight to the morgue. It's like the trifecta is you you buy the Yugo in the first place, so you've already thrown away a bunch of money on a on a car. You get into the car and then you go and eat Jack in the Box. One of those things will kill you. Just getting in the car, actually driving the car, and then eating Jack in the Box while being in the car. That'll pretty much ensure uh, game over. Good night, nurse. I know that this is going to shock everybody in this audience. And I think, well, quite frankly, I was shocked when I heard this as well because I, I can't believe it. Say it ain't so. This can't be real. No, there's there's no way that this could be real. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I hate to tell you this, but um, according to an article in People magazine, Lance Bass has come out of the closet. Lance Bass of NSYNC. <laughs> he says that uh, he says that he's gay. I am horrified. Wow, I'm really shocked. That, like, really came out of left field. I mean, the next thing you're going to tell me is that Liberace is gay, or um, Andy Dick is gay, or that guy from Third Rock from the Sun. And uh, somebody somebody just said, uh, which guy from Third Rock from the Sun? I don't know any of them. It was a gay show. At any rate, Lance Bass, uh, in an article in, I guess, it's, what is this, People Magazine this week, he uh, comes out of the closet, says he's gay. No, really. I thought that those songs were very manly. I, I can't believe that uh, for a second you'd be gay. All right, so that's the breaking news of the week. I mean, that was that's news you can use right there. <laughs> All right, well, okay then. And we have this for you from the Michael Groff Show Stupid News File. Jeopardy ace Ken Jennings. Remember this guy? This is the uh, this is the software geek from Salt Lake City that won two point five million dollars. By the way, I love how I call him a geek and I'm like poking fun at him. Meanwhile, he won two point five million dollars and won seventy four straight games of Jeopardy. And I, well, I sat here and watched him. Anyway, Jeopardy ace Ken Jennings. He says that recent comments he posted on his website about the long running game show with host Alex Trebek weren't bashing. If you haven't heard, he um, he wrote some comments uh, about Jeopardy after he won all the money. Like he went on the show, he won two point five million, and he says, "By the way, I think that uh, there's a lot wrong with the show. They need to change this, this, and this." Boy, that takes some balls. Like, don't you think maybe the show you just went on and won all that money from, maybe you'd have a greater appreciation for it? Anyway, he poked fun at uh, host Alex Trebek for being too old and stale, saying that he lacks personality, that he's like a robot. Alex Trebek, who's hosted the show since 1984. Jennings, a software engineer from Salt Lake City, won $2.5 million, 74-game winning streak, blah, blah, blah. We all know that. Yes, he called it the... um The Left Coast... 
categories. He poked fun at the left coast categories and same old format. Quote, you're like the Dorian Gray of syndication, he wrote. You seem to think change means uh, replacing a blue backdrop with a slightly different shade of blue every uh, presidential election or so. After proposals of his comments appeared on the uh, in the media Tuesday, Jennings uh, countered on his website that his letter was meant to be a humor piece. For the record, I loved, I've loved Jeopardy since I was a kid, as anyone who talks to me or about, uh, for about five minutes knows, making goofy jokes about TV shows isn't bashing. I believe it's the whole reason Al Gore invented the internet. Well, this guy's got some sense of humor. A call by the Associated Press to Jeopardy spokesman Jeff Ritter wasn't returned. I'm sure they're really happy. They're like, oh, this guy won, he won two and a half mil off of us, and now he's bashing our show. Listen, you know, I kind of like that about Jeopardy. I kind of like the fact that, yeah, they changed the set a little bit, and they made the, you know, the podiums a little nicer over the years, and you know, the show's, I think, got a, a bigger studio. It's a little less stuffy. But, I mean, overall, it's pretty much the same show with the same... You know, they, they hip the music up a little. They put those bongos in it and everything. But other than that, I mean, it's it's been the same show since Alex Trebek took over in 1984. I kind of like that. I mean, Jeff, you don't need a big fancy show. It's like the price is right. They've been using the same sets, the same music. Bob Barker's been hosting that thing for like 35 years. And that's been working out just fine. I don't know why you have to bash it. You're listening to the best of the Michael Groff Show. the best of the Michael Grav Show. These are great moments and just plain old awesome stuff from Michael Grav Show's past. Sometimes people write in and ask me if I get a little self-conscious listening to myself on these old recordings and the answer is of course not. I mean, after all, this is me. I'm listening to myself. You know, the one person that I agree with about 75% of the time. If you have a suggestion, comment, question, general feedback about the show, you can always send it to my email address, mike at kmgx.com. That's also the PayPal address. Once again, mike at kmgx.com. We take donations here on this show. Why not? I always whore myself out. And Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger, for your more instantaneous feedback. We're also at michaelgroff.com for all of your other Michael Groff needs. And now the narcissistic side of me really loves this. I get to intro me. All right, it's back to more of the best of the Michael Groff Show. Here's another trend that's going on in society that I wasn't aware of. And this was brought to my attention this evening. And now, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but apparently there's a new fad going on among uh, youths. Now, I don't know what this is, but I think it's, I don't know, what is it called? Happy Slap or something like that? Where uh, people take their, their video cameras on their cell phones and they film themselves walking up to different people and just 
bitch slapping them, just slapping people right in the face. I guess this is a big trend that's going on. I, I don't know. I, I'm told, and from this article that I'm about to read, it's very disturbing. In one video clip labeled Bitch Slap, a youth approaches a woman at a bus stop and punches her in the face. In another called Knockout Punch, a group of boys wearing uniforms are shown leading another boy across an unidentified school playground before flooring him with a single blow to the head. In a third called Bank Job, a teenager is seen assaulting a hole-in-the-wall customer while another youth grabs the money he has just withdrawn from the cash machine. Welcome to the disturbing world of Happy Slappers, a youth craze in which groups of teenagers armed with camera phones slap or mug unsuspecting children or passers-by while capturing the attacks on 3G technology. You know, when I was a kid, we used to, like, ride bikes. We used to, I don't know, play video games. You know, we used to do that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, we'd play basketball. When when did the society... And by the way, I wasn't. it wasn't like I was a kid that long ago. I mean, 15 years ago, I was 12 years old. I was, uh, you know, right in the middle of the youth of America, so to speak. And that's what we did. We didn't walk around with a big, giant video camera with a camcorder and... Uh, and go, hey, look, there's an old lady. Let's uh, let's beat her up. Let's kick her ass. If there's any uh, evidence that the youth of today are getting progressively dumber, I, I think you need to look no further than this than this craze. And I, I think this is a craze that's sweeping across Europe. Ah, uh, leave it to the Euros to always be one. And by the, they say that the Americans uh, are have a violent culture. I'm sure it goes on here. By the way, I've never heard of this before. But if there's any evidence that uh, the youth are getting dumber and dumber by the day, this is not to disparage all youths because I think there's a, a dramatic separation. The smart youths, the smart children, the smart minors, if you will, of our culture are getting smarter all the time while the dumb are getting progressively dumber. There's an increasing gap. Average is almost out the window now. It's like there's a small amount of people that are average, and then way over here on one extreme, you've got a ton of stupidity, and then over here, you've got a lot of brilliance. Although I do think the stupidity has slightly jaded the scales just a little bit. But anyway, according to police and anti-bullying organizations, the fad, which began as a craze in the United Kingdom garage music scene before catching on in school playgrounds across the capital last autumn is now a nationwide phenomenon. I told you this is a big, this is European, this is a UK thing. And as this craze has spread from London to the, uh, to the home counties to the north of England, uh, so the attacks have become more menacing with increasing numbers of violent assaults and adult victims. In London, British Transport Police have investigated 200 happy-slapping incidents in the past six months. The eight people charged with attacks at South London stations and bus stops in January alone. The Metropolitan Police have no overall figure, but recorded a number of attacks in London earlier this year. Following a spate of random attacks last December uh, on pupils at, let's see, what is this? Go Dolphin and Leitner in, uh, I guess that's in Hammerstein, West London. Police posted extra officers in the area as a deterrent. But as police have become more vigilant, so the gangs have become more sophisticated, seeking victims in parks or public areas where their crimes are unlikely to be spotted by authorities or captured on CCTV. 
Liz Carnell, the director of Bullying Online, a Yorkshire-based charity set up to combat bullying in schools, said that since uh, the start of the year, she has heard of increasing attacks both on children and on adults, but she fears many incidents are not reported. Wait, what is this? Wait, she's the... Wait, what is this called? It's called Bullying Online, a Yorkshire-based charity set up to combat bullying in schools. Look... Now, while I'm not an advocate for bullying in schools, and I don't want to come across that way, it is what it is. It's a ubiquitous part of the growing up experience. There are bullies. There are people that bully other people. It's just the way life is. Anti-bullying organizations. That's about the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Quote, in most cases, the worst that happens is a minor scratch or a bruised ego, she said. What the people behind these attacks have to understand is that technically they are committing an assault. And if they then upload the images on the Internet or a phone system, they could be prosecuted for harassment. What makes the attacks all the more bewildering is that many victims do not realize that they have been happy slapped until after the event. Earlier this month, James Silver, 34, a freelance journalist, was attacked while jogging on the South Bank in London. While one youth blocked his path, another hit him with a rolled-up magazine. When he spun around, another teenager who had been hiding behind nearby scaffolding apparently leapt out and hit him hard in the head. When he staggered to his feet, he noticed the rest of the gang searing and pointing their mobile phones at him. Silver admits that while the attack left his ego smarting, he did not think it was worth reporting. Quote, at the end of the day, I was unharmed, but it was pretty shocking at the time, he said. The worry is that while the bulk of the attacks are trivial, some of these youths could be carrying knives. Well, I can tell you this. That uh, kind of crap wouldn't happen very often here in the United States, particularly not like, uh, I don't know, here in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. And I'll tell you exactly why. I'll tell you exactly why something like that wouldn't happen very often in Phoenix. A group of little brats... Little brat teenagers, little know-nothing teenagers, little 14-year-old brats walks up to somebody in the United States, particularly, you know, somewhere, I don't know, like, for example, like here, right here in Phoenix. That happens here. One of those little brats runs out, tries to, uh, you know, points their phone at you, and another one hits you with a rolled-up magazine. You know what's going to happen? Exactly. That's what's going to happen. There won't be much happy slapping. See, that's the thing. Over there in uh, England, uh, you don't have uh, citizens carrying around weapons. But you'll notice that these teenagers are able to carry out crimes. They carry weapons around with them, and and unarmed citizens are the victims. You know, it's interesting how it always does come back to that, isn't it? I only point that out just simply because something like that probably wouldn't happen here in the United States. Uh, probably. I'm sure it does. I'm sure it's happened someplace. I'm sure somebody's going to correct me and say, well, there was an incident that happened over here in Rhinelander, Wisconsin a few uh, weeks ago. And I realized that. Well, as people point out in instant messengers, hopefully some of these people are getting themselves caught on video. And that's, you know, that's how some of them are getting caught, by the way. Some of these little know-nothing brat teenagers, they film their crime and then, you know, a lot of them get caught on video. Again, kids aren't uh, necessarily all that bright. Further on in the pages of the Michael Grob Show stupid news file, we have this. 
And this really is stupid. You know, this is one of those things where, you know, I, I talk about how great science is and aren't scientists amazing and um, how many uh, technological advances we make. Well, then I turn around and read the following. This is one of those studies that need not ever be conducted. Scientists find that moms consistently rank the stink of their baby's poop as number one. They prefer the stink of their baby's number two as number one. I'm not making this up. In a new study, 13 mothers were asked to sniff soiled diapers belonging to both their own child and others from an unrelated baby. The women consistently ranked the smell of their own child's feces as less revolting than that of other babies. This effect persisted even when the diapers were purposely mislabeled. One possible explanation is that the mothers were simply more accustomed to their baby's stink and therefore found it less repulsive. A more uh, intriguing possibility that researchers say is that the mother's uh, reactions are an evolutionary adaption allowing them to overcome their natural disgust so that they can properly care for their babies. The study, led by Trevor Case of Macquarie University in Australia, the study will be detailed in an upcoming issue of the journal Evolution and Human Behavior. Disgust helps protect us from things that can make us sick, scientists say, but they are, uh, there are circumstances in which the emotion has to be tempered. The caring of an infant is likely one such instance. Quote, a mother's disgust at her baby's feces has the potential to uh, obstruct the ability to care for her baby and may even affect the strength of the bond she has with her baby, the researchers find. The finding is among the latest in a series of studies suggesting that humans can determine biological relatedness through body odor another recent study found that the mothers more accurately identify and prefer the smell of their biological children's over that of stepchildren now i've heard everything like how do you even get picked for such a survey you know you know how those usually work uh, somebody walks up to you in a mall and they go hey i see uh, i see you're a mother ma'am um would you like to participate in a survey okay uh do you like smelling crap would you like to smell some, excuse me, ma'am, would you like to smell some other baby's crap for a little while? <laughs> I cannot imagine how a survey like that goes down or how that gets conducted. Meanwhile, two women in Marion County, Florida, were arrested after a five-year-old boy was found living with 14 dogs, four cats, two ferrets, three large turtles in a home that had air pollution at lethal levels, according to investigators. Deputies discovered the sick animals in the home because the stench was so bad, neighbors had called to complain, said Marion County Sheriff's Department Paul Humans. Investigators said that when they entered the home located in Southwest Second Court on the Turning Point Estates, it was difficult to distinguish dog feces from the cockroach and rodent droppings on the floor. Officers were... This is... Uh, officers in hazmat suits had to pull the animals out of the home Tuesday. Quote, inside air pollution was at uh, what they call lethal levels. The owner of the home, Nellie Vega, and her daughter, Itavia, were arrested Tuesday. Nellie Vega faces an animal abuse charges. Her daughter was arrested for uh, child endangerment after her five-year-old son was found in the home. The boys in the Department of Children and Families in their custody 
Uh, telephone messages left at the DCF after hours were not immediately returned. Uh, I, I don't know. That's just disgusting. That is that is maybe the most disgusting story. That's even worse than the uh, than the story last night with the old uh, with the old lady who had 110 cats and you know she was dead and her body was decaying right there in front of. I mean that was disgusting as well. You know, never mind a mandatory AIDS test for people. How about how about a mandatory IQ test for people? There that that way anybody who scores under like an 85 is immediately sterilized and cannot have any children. I mean, that would pretty much wrap up this kind of problem right here. If we could just stop stupid breeding, this country would be in incredible shape. For several nights last month, a group of thugs with black hooded sweatshirts pulled uh, pulled tight over their heads, included at least one in angry clown makeup, terrorized visitors in Pierce County's Fort Stalacom Park, police say. The group cried, woo-woo juggaloo, or juggalo, as they assaulted park visitors with uh, a machete and fists. They stole cell phones, cash, and wallets, and even threatened to cut their victims' heads off, according to court documents. So far, two men and a woman have been charged with robbery and assault for their alleged roles in the string of attacks, said Police County Deputy Prosecutor Phil Skrenson. Prosecutors say that the suspects claim to be juggalos, a subculture that was developed among the fan base of uh, the insane clown posse. Maybe it is insane clown posse. I mean, they haven't had a record out in like five years and they need to go out and like rob people. It could be uh, whatever, Violent J and whatever that other guy is, Silent Bob or whatever. Quote, the violence was gratuitous, said Lakewood Police uh, Lieutenant Dave Gutu. That's breaking it down. Quote, they, the victims, had already given up their stuff and were assaulted anyway. Two victims suffered broken jaws in the attacks that occurred uh, the nights of June 18th through 20th and the early morning of June 21st. Another was kicked in the head and a woman said that her attackers demanded that she take off her pants, according to prosecutors. Juggalos. All of the victims were uh, in the park after it closed, police said. Gutu said that eight to ten more people are being sought for their alleged roles in the attacks in which 23 people were injured. Again, let this be a lesson to anybody out there. When, you, when you're out walking late at night, best if you carry a firearm with you. That'll clear that right up. Some dude in clown makeup walks up to you, open fire, ask questions later. That's uh, that'd be my approach anyway. Oh, well, Mike at KMGX.com is our email address. It is uh, Mike at KMGX.com, AOL Instant Messenger, Michael Grav Show, the screen name. It is M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-R-O-F-F Show on AOL Instant Messenger. Can you imagine you have a marginally successful music career like the Insane Clown Posse had for like 10 minutes? Your fans call themselves jugglers. You know, you want to be associated with the fans that, you know, go out there and beat the hell out of people. That'd be cool if I had a fan of this show that did that in the name of my show. They went out there and just started beating the crap out of people. That'd be great. Unfortunately, there's I don't have a cool, like, subculture name for the group of people that uh, like my show. So we'll have to come up with that. That'd be the first step. I need good marketing. I need a good PR department. You know what? Maybe on the other hand, maybe I don't. 
maybe that's actually, you know, maybe a bad idea. Well, there you have it. Another edition of the best of the Michael Groff Show in the books. It's great. I get to sit here and listen to myself for an hour. <sighs> All right. Mike at KMGX.com. That's our email address. It is Mike at KMGX.com. That's also the PayPal address. Should you want to make a most generous contribution to this program? Just saying. Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. It's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-R-O-F-F Show on AOL Instant Messenger. And, of course... MichaelGroff.com for all of your various Michael Groff needs. You can always go there. All right, this program, copyright 2010, Michael J. Groff, any reproduction, retransmission, rebroadcast, or reuse of this program for anything other than sexual gratification is strictly prohibited and will result in me drawing stick figures of you doing lewd and lascivious things to farm animals if you do it. So, in other words, don't. Our technical director in absentia is disgruntled voice guy. Our executive producer of the best of the Michael Graff show is me, myself, and I. And we'll be back for another live edition of this program real soon. I promise we will. Whenever I get around to it, I'm a marketing guru. Thanks for listening to the best of the Michael Graff show. Have a good one, everybody. See you next time.